Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. I'm Debbie Ronka, your host. And today we have a great topic that we're going to cover. So let me ask you, do any of you feel like you are holding on to a safety net in life, a safety net that's maybe potentially keeping you from moving forward or making that new decision to transition out of where you are to something new. You know, without realizing it, our safety nets can become like hammocks where we become so comfortable, we just stay in that hammock resting and missing out what life is calling us into. Or how about this? How many of you struggle with the expectations of others, the expectations that other people put on us as we're trying to change, as we're trying to grow, as we're trying to move forward? Everybody seems to have an opinion. Everybody seems to want to tell you how to do it. And then you struggle with knowing what you want in your heart and in your passion and dream. But then you have the expectations of others. And sometimes there's conflict in that because you may not be on the same page. Well, that's what we're going to cover today. The safety net, leaving that safety net, and also dealing with other people's expectations. And I am so excited to have a very special guest and friend, the amazing Aisha Winfield. Aisha is president of AIB Marketing and Consulting, and it's a growing agency with a focus on culture, philanthropy, and education-centered events. Moving from New York City to Philadelphia back in 2000 changed Aisha's life forever. Her passion shifted from working with recording artists and music executives to creating opportunities for youth so they could develop their talents and pursue their dreams. It was all at this time Aisha began to create her own path while pursuing her own purpose. Aisha is a graduate of Cornell University and has an extensive background in the music industry. While in New York, she had a career with Epic Records as National Director of Lifestyle Promotions and Marketing, and she was responsible for developing the grassroots marketing campaigns for artists such as Ghostface, Jennifer Lopez, Jill Scott, and more. She also became the general manager at the artist management firm CID Management while she was working with Mike Phillips, Down to the Bone, and Jill Scott. Production management proved to be a strong skill for Aisha while she was on the road coordinating productions, travel aspects of tours, and being responsible for artists, bands, staff, and crew. She later joined Rockstar Entertainment with Grammy Award-winning producers Vidal Davis and Andre Harris, along with the recording artist Glenn Lewis and Beanie Siegel. As the general manager, she honed her knowledge of career opportunities in music and also in the album release process. While at Rockstar, 
Aisha launched JME, Junior Music Executive. And this is an entertainment industry-based initiative created to encourage students to attend school, to graduate, and to be successful by exposing them to STEM careers in the music business. JME continues to provide skill development, mentoring, and opportunities to youth that are interested in pursuing a career in music. Now, Aisha has transitioned from executive director for Jill Scott's Blues Babe Foundation, and she now serves as a consultant and director of their flagship program, Camp Jill Scott. Aisha is a 19-year music industry veteran, and she's earned a solid reputation in event planning, project management, marketing, and community engagement. Aisha was named a Philly 360 Creative Ambassador and is recognized as one of the region's leaders by the Philadelphia Tribune. Well, Aisha, welcome, welcome from a fellow Philly girl to the Transition Bridge Podcast. Thank you so much, Debbie. It is wonderful to be here. And it's so interesting to hear your life in a bio like that, because it was exciting, fun, and challenging all at the same time. So I was kind of traveling through time as you read that. Thank you. <laughs> well, there was a, a lot going on in your life. Wow. What an exciting time. But I can see where you were really busy as well. But it yeah. seemed like in all of that, you were always learning something new. And Absolutely. And I enjoy learning and sharing what I learned with others. And so you're right. I think I'm, I'm somewhat of a, a thrill seeker. And so when I start to venture in an area and learn more, I dive all the way in um, and then just, you know, try to figure out all the different components of how things work. And so as odd as it seems, some of the things may not seem like they were connected, but they all had this beautiful natural connection and flow to them. So yeah. I think when we look back on our life, there's a thread that always flows through and we're creating, you know, from a creative standpoint, we're creating a tapestry in our life and it's mm -hmm. all connected. And sometimes when we look at it from one end, it looks kind of messy, but when you see the finished product, you see the beauty of what was created. And um, so I'm excited to hear your story and Tell us about the safety net. It's interesting because I think there's always the thought that the grass is greener on the other side. And so when I Me had too. a job, I always thought I want to work for myself. I'm the child of um, two parents who were entrepreneurs. And so my dad was a goldsmith, which was a non-traditional career to begin with. And my mom was a CPA. And she did both. So she worked at a number of different organizations and then she also worked for herself. And so at a young age, I got to see career opportunities and entrepreneurship from the inside. And so as I worked and had various jobs, I think there was that pull and that desire to want to work for myself. Um, and I always had, you know, side things that I may do, little contracts or small projects that I would do even while I was working a full-time job. 
But taking that leap to become a full-time entrepreneur um, had so many things in store that I didn't anticipate, even though I had seen and was surrounded by people that had taken the entrepreneurship path. Uh, there was that you know, desire to do it. And then once you do it, you realize all of the benefits that you're not looking at when you have a job. <laughs> so <laughs> I say uh, just taking the leap from the safety net because there are so many people that want to do things that have desires to do things outside of their job or they're just not happy, but are fearful of what other people may think of if they'll be able to support themselves of so many things that, as you mentioned in your introduction, they kind of stay in a place of complacency instead of um, being able to explore how to transition to something different. That is true. And, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking of a butterfly right now, because we think about, you know, we see the beauty of the butterfly. And sometimes we just like we could delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes that it had to go through mm. to reach that beauty. Mm. And like a, yeah. when you look at a butterfly, it's like it, it's an acceptance of each new phase in life. And we are afraid of change. We are afraid to step out because we're, we just don't see the beauty of what could be produced. We tend to be fearful of the obstacles, of the mess that we're going to encounter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it holds us back. So, oh, I always love, you know, to talk about transitions as being the bridges in life that take us from where we currently are to the next season or new direction and how much courage it takes to get up on that bridge. Absolutely. To get out of that hammock, get out of that safety net and make the choice to get on that bridge and start going towards something like lots of times we don't know what we're being called forth to do, but it takes courage to go and find out. And sometimes we know it's a career change or re retiring or empty nester and we kind of have an idea what we're walking towards. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we just feel restless inside. Sometimes we just have yeah. feeling like there's a shift going on inside of us. And it's like, we're kind of restless where we're at. There's something different I should be doing, but I don't know what it is. Have mm -hmm. you ever experienced that? And what did you process? How did you process that? Yeah. And, and the thing is, you, you mentioned a butterfly and that's what it is for me. Um, and, and I've had this conversation with my husband. It's when that change is necessary, it's like a like butterflies in your stomach. Mm. It's like that. It's a, a feeling. It's a and the more in tuned and aligned I am with purpose, then the clearer it is. Um, but there, there have been many occasions in my life when I just wasn't clear. And so it just felt like sometimes difficult, like just things that should be simple, things that from the outside, everyone else says, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You should be enjoying that. But it just doesn't have that enjoyment to it. And so you said, you know, change is not easy, especially when you don't know what you're heading towards. And so if you are in a place where you know it. You wake up every morning, you go to the place, you do the things. It's kind of like a checklist. You know exactly what it is. 
then even the thought of entering something where you don't know is a huge challenge. And so for me, it was, I was, it wasn't like I was going from a place of misery. So there are some people that they know, like, this is not my life. This is not what it's supposed to be like. But I was actually enjoying what I was doing. It was fulfilling. It was, um, you know, things that I really liked. But there was just that butterfly. There was just that something saying, it's time to leave. There's something else. I have something else for you. And I need you to move in this direction. And so um, trying to have that conversation with my family, with my friends. And I want to make sure that I say this and not forget that one of the most important things for leaving that, and I put it in quotation marks, safety net. Because especially now, a lot of times a job is not necessarily a space that you know you will have the next day. So it's not always as safe. But leaving that safety net, one of the most important things for me that was helpful um, was one, my connection to God and purpose, and two, my community, the people that were around me. Because I think the transitions would have been much more difficult. And, and they, the, the first few were very rocky, but having people around you mm. that support whatever your decision is. Because from the outside, sometimes it can look a little crazy or odd. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're leaving a job. <laughs> so the first transition I had, I was leaving a job where I was making a significant amount of money at a young age. But I knew there was something else. I needed to go somewhere else. And so I got questions. I got the, why would you leave? Like, why would you do that? And then there was the, okay, if that's what you want to do, how can we support? How can we help? How can we uh, be here for you? And so um, as I have gained strength through transitions, because I've gone through, as you read, a couple different career shifts, job shifts, uh, venturing out to be a consultant instead of a full-time employee for anyone. And in each of those, I've been able to gain my strength, my understanding of who I am and what it is that God is calling me towards. And then also being able to be okay with the people that say, uh, that wasn't a good idea. Or like, I've even heard the, you're not living up to your full potential. Or you went to Cornell for that to work with kids. Yep. Sure did. <laughs> so. That's a big one. And you mm -hmm. know what you're saying there, like sometimes God brings times of transition to create transformation. Mm -hmm. And so those transitions really start doing that inner work in us, like strengthening areas yes. that need to be strengthened. Or, you know, maybe there's areas in our heart or our soul that need to be restored. Uh, maybe there's things that we need to be healed of from maybe past wounds that all seem to maybe connect with the transition that we're moving to. So God wants to do some transformational work inside of us to prepare us for that next season. And so I would love to know, like, what were you thinking in between some of the transitions that you were going through? Like, what were some of your struggles? What, what was it that you were thinking that maybe uh, 
could have potentially held you back. It sounded like you moved forward. So you could have had two thoughts there, either the doubts or the faith or the inspiration to move forward. What, What was going on inside of you? So uh, for me, I think one of the biggest challenges initially is what will people think? Mm. And so whether it was leaving a record label. So to begin with, I think uh, the start of my career and the trajectory has been very non-traditional anyway. So my very first job outside of college was working for the Council on Foundations in Washington, D.C. And like you said, that tapestry is amazing when you take a look back because there's always connection, whether we see it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I left there to take a job at a record label in New York and definitely got the are you crazies? (laughs) (laughs) And is that a real job? And so then the other question that comes up For lots of people and for me, but not as much anymore, is the can you support yourself with that? Like, will you make money? Do you make money working with (laughs) music or recording artists or with young people and nonprofits? And in every space, I have learned more and more that abundance is everywhere. And so, Mm. like you said, that inner work, that inner work for me was going from a mindset of lack And of um, not going to be able to have enough to abundance. And if I am following the path that I need to and pursuing my purpose, that everything that I need will be provided. And getting clarity that that's not always monetary. And when I'm aligned and on that right path, Debbie, things just start to flow in ways that I can't even answer. So even now, as a consultant with my own firm. I do go out and look for clients, but there's so often that as soon as I need it, somebody calls and says, Hey, we've got this thing coming up and we could use your services. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And you know, I, I, you were sharing earlier about, you know, the significant amount of money that you were making at one particular job. And then when you were leaving that job, you know, how people were concerned, like, why are you leaving? You're making so much money. Mm-hmm. But it's isn't it true in life we put significance on the wrong thing? That Absolutely. I think we're all in search of significance, how we could l- like live our lives to really make a difference, be purposeful. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact that you were creating your own path and finding your own purpose. And I found this quote the other day, Um, that everyone seems to have a clear idea of how other people should lead their lives, but none about their own. Isn't it interesting? It's so easy to look at other people from the outside in. And and I find myself now, even when I'm talking to someone else, I have to say to myself, do you do that? Or was that for you? (laughs) Because sometimes you can look at someone else and say, you know, hey, it's not always about money. Currency, like I I was talking to a friend the other day, because everything that I do, as you mentioned, and I know that now is rooted in how to provide hope and opportunities and a vibrancy for young people just to have them excited about life. And so um, we were talking about money and a financial literacy class. And then we talked about, you know what, maybe it shouldn't be about money. It should be about wealth. And then we landed on 
wealth and currency are not monetary. Mm. And so some of the most fulfilling positions that I've had and opportunities that I've had were not about the amount of money that I made. Being able to make a difference in one person's life, having someone say, Miss Aisha, this thing that we did changed my life or, you know, opened my eyes to something or made me excited. It's priceless. You know, you go to sleep at night with a smile on your face because you know today was impactful. Oh, I love that. So Aisha, share, because I want to hear this story too about how you chose, like when you moved to Philadelphia, um, things changed in your life and you began to step away maybe from dealing with the music directors and things like that and turned your passion towards youth still with music, but with you. So tell us about that journey. And it was always with me. So even when I was in New York and at the record label, any interns that we had, that's who I gravitated towards. And so I, you know, I was able to travel and work on a number of different projects, but I was always trying to make sure that the young people in my sphere had access to be able to see how we were doing things and what we were doing. And so the move from New York to Philadelphia was to work specifically with the artist Jill Scott and her management team. And like you said, when I dive in, I dive in. So I was like, oh, I've been working at a label. I understood the label perspective, radio stations, video, but working with an artist, especially an artist that worked with live musicians and that, um, traveled on the road a lot, I got to see so many other things. And I think initially I thought that I would be in the music industry for a period of time doing marketing. But I think from the onset, when I got to Philadelphia, I was on a journey to figure out more about what I wanted. Because when I went to college and when I was young, I was really good in math and science. And so the push was for me to be an engineer. So Mm. we need more engineers. And even now I hear it a lot as people that are working in uh, career development, counseling, working with young people, like these are the areas that have high demand and where you can get a lot of money. That's the first thing you're thinking about. How do I make a lot of money and Mm -hmm. support myself? And so being in Philly, because I didn't have family and was primarily working, I had a lot of time to just kind of sit and think about What brings me joy? What is it that I am naturally good at? What do I love? And so, and I was working with people that were extremely creative and brilliant, and that just kind of sparks things in you too. And so that's how Junior Music Executive got started, but it also really allowed me to start that journey of self-discovery. And I don't know that everyone, like I think different transitions in your life cause you to have that. A lot of times it's trauma that causes you to just sit still and say, what am I like, what am I doing with my life or what's going on? What is it that I really want? Um, But I was able to do that and kind of slowly figure out those things that were really important to me and then getting the confidence to really be non-negotiable about them. Because as a woman and working in music and entertainment, there can be a lot of barriers. And there are a lot of people that tell you no to things or you can't do things. Mm. And so early on, um, when I got here, 
I started to gravitate towards mentoring and young people. And I saw music as a way that really opened their eyes and allowed them to share in ways that they hadn't. I had a, a little sister in the Big Brother Little Sister program. And the first two times that we met up, you know, you're asking questions and she didn't want to say anything. How was school? Good. <laughs> so what's going on in your life? Nothing. <laughs> oh, the typical answer, right? Everything was like oh. one word. So then I said, well, I have to go to work. I'm getting ready to go to the studio. There's an artist coming to town to work with um, the producers I work with. And at the time it was Mary J. Blige. They were doing something with her. And I said, so oh, fun. I know that, you know, we're supposed to go to the mall and do some of those things, but I just need to go by the studio really quickly. And she was looking at me like, you're lying. <laughs> Into the studio, she got to see some of the producers. I don't, I don't, I know she didn't meet any artists, but just the thought that um, I had access to these people, she started calling me from school with her friends. Hey, Miss oh. Aisha, how are you doing? What are you working on now? Do you uh. know this person? And then any question that I asked, I got it like the floodgates open. So I got lots of information. And then there would be times that I would say, hey, you know, you want to do something? No. (laughs) And after that, then she was calling me. And so I said, maybe this is an opportunity to really reach some of the young people that don't always want to open up, that may have some things going on that they don't want to share. So that's where Junior Music Executive started. It was allowing young people that had an interest in music or something that piqued their curiosity, but they weren't sure what they wanted to do to show Mm -hmm. them how entertainment has all of these different aspects. If you love fashion, if you love dance, if you love um, writing and you don't want to be an artist, there are all these possibilities. And so I think coming to Philadelphia just allowed me to start to explore some of those different options and things that I liked or I thought I might be interested in. And I'm going to tell you the truth, Debbie. For anyone who has an idea, a thought, you know, they may want to transition. You're not going to have all the answers. <laughs> and I'm a so planner. True. <laughs> so I write all kinds of things out, but there's always a curveball that comes. And huh? there's always um, things that you cannot anticipate. And that's difficult for a planner like you are. That And that is great advice because if we have all the answers, where's the challenge of transition? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to be perfect. Like there's never a perfect time. So like I said, each time that I made those transitions, when I left from New York and came to Philly, and it, I'm going to be transparent and honest and vulnerable It was traumatic because I was traveling with an artist who did some crazy things and got into a situation where there was shooting. And that was like that pivotal moment. You know, like I said, I already had the butterflies like this isn't quite right for you. We need to make a shift before. But then I went on the road. This incident happened. Um, Some of the interns that I had traveling with me, I couldn't find them for a period of time during all of the commotion. And that just shook me. Like, what if something happens to this young person on my watch? Oh, gosh. I can't be here. I can't do this. I cannot work in this kind of an environment. And so I was extremely emotional. The artists and the other people around were like, it's not that big a deal. 
I was like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, wow. A whole different, different uh, scale on values and different things. So you were really yes. conflicted. Yes, yes. And so in, in most of the transitions that I've had, they haven't been smooth. And from the outside, they may seem like it because I don't share all the details. But I think it's important to know if you are leaving the safety net, if you are, and that can be in anything, not necessarily a job. It can be in different situations that it's not going to be perfect and there are going to be challenges, but really being focused on your purpose and having a community to support you, even if it's just one person, is really important. You know, we have to be surrounded by people who believe in us, right? Because mm -hmm. what happens a lot of times, other people can't understand our journey, especially if they've never walked the path that we're on. And I think that's where we get conflicting information that maybe causes us to doubt. But you have to listen to your heart. And if it is only one person who says, I believe in you, I agree, I will stand with you through this transition. That's about what we need, right? Because we're going to have those days where we do doubt. In yes. fact, I saw this quote that said, doubt is the safety net of failure. Mm. So when we think about we'd rather stay, we're actually we're letting doubt keep us in that safety net because we're afraid of the failure. And mm -hmm. so that just paralyzes us. Yeah. And we, we just never step into what we're supposed to do. Now, what I love too about your story, when you were talking, and I try to tell people this, when they're trying to discover what's ahead, if they don't quite know, kind of look at the turning points in your life. Look at the different things that you were involved in where your heart kind of lines up. And you were sharing that even when you were with, you know, Epic Records and all, you were drawn to working with the youth. Like you yeah. were just like a beam of light. You just were drawn to that. So that was kind of like an indicator for you that, yeah, I should be working more with the youth. And I love the fact that you are helping the youth discover their own dreams and purposes because they need someone to believe in them. Mm -hmm. They do. And it, I think it's uh, people say a lot that you create things out of what you needed or what you uh, may have wanted to have. And I had some amazing mentors when I was young. But like I said, people tend to push you in a certain direction. They want you to succeed. They want you to be happy. They want you to have a good life, but they don't always know what your passion and purpose is. And so I kept getting that you'll be great in business or you'll be great as an engineer. Like you've got to go down this path. <laughs> so <laughs> they wanted it more than I did. And I was like, yes, no. <laughs> so I think a big part of, of what, um, I enjoy is being able to say to young people, whatever it is that you choose, it can be non-traditional. I have a student who wants to be an esthetician and their parents are like, like I said, the question comes up all the time. Can you make money with that? Like, what exactly is that? She loves eyebrows. She loves facials. But now because of the experiences I've had, I have met people that make more money than doctors and lawyers as estheticians. And it's so, the truth. Boy, that's yeah. a market out there right now. 
Right. So any path that you want to take, I am here to say yes and go. And let's see if we can find someone else that's done it because mentorship is incredible. Even if it's not somebody that you know, if it's somebody that you can follow their journey, look at their story, look at how they got to where they are and take some nuggets from it. It's really helpful. To look at the people that have gone before you. That's great advice. Now, I want to take a little pivot here on the expectations Mm -hmm. because people will have expectations of us, right? And sometimes that could be really hard because we want to follow what's in our heart, right? But the expectations like you've shared, but I want to kind of flip it a little and think about how we put expectations on other people. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's not always about what people do to us, but to really think into, you know, what expectations do we have of our spouse or our children that ultimately only will disappoint us because we're, we put expectations on other people. And when we, they don't fulfill what we expect them to do, we just become disappointed. Yeah, that's so true. And you know what else? It's, it's interesting because sometimes it's difficult to look at things from other people's perspective, mm-hmm. especially when you're really in, in a transition period um, where you're really focused on, on yourself. And so I'm sure people don't like to say it. I know that I was extremely selfish during one of my major transitions. And um, as I mentioned, they all had some kind of um, major challenge attached to them. But during one of my transitions, me and my husband actually separated. And I was not mindful of how my choices impacted him and our family. And so I just assumed because I thought it was something really good for me and that it was something that I needed to do that um, that everybody would be okay with it because my family is has always been really supportive, but I did not have good communication skills. And I thought I did. So you can't always see yourself. You don't always know if you're communicating well or, you know, there's not those uh, signals or lights that we get in other scenarios that say, hello, like people can't read your mind. (laughs) So my husband says that all the time now because I (laughs) think that he knows what I'm thinking. Um, And so just like you said, I had an expectation, like this is my spouse, so he's going to support this decision. But it caused so much stress. I said, I was in that mindset of abundance. The universe will provide. So if I'm headed in the right direction, it'll be all good. And his mindset was, I'm going to have to cover all of our expenses. And I'm going to have to make sure that everything is running smoothly while she's figuring it out. And that wasn't fair. Um, And so, like I said, it it caused us to separate. yeah. That I could hear the pain yeah, in that. that and gosh, that is a life lesson for everyone that's listening because you're right, Aisha. Like we could be called forth in transition, but we 
can tend to forget how it does affect the family or our loved ones. And in our excitement to move forward or to try something new, we can get blindsided by the, the ripple effect. And we may just say, come on, everybody, let's go. Let's get mm -hmm. on this transition train and go. But you're right, having that conversation was so important. And I'm so glad you shared that because we all do that. We just get excited and we want everybody to feel our passion. And uh, and it sounds like you have an amazing husband because it all, you figured it out together. We did. And I think that's the other, even when you mention expectations and um, the thing that I am leaning into now more about transitions and even failure is that you really get an opportunity to see how your friends, your family, your circle responds. Because when all is good, everybody's okay. You don't know <laughs> who you can count on. You don't know what their strengths are in situations. Um, and, and you really do get to test the, the strength of not just yourself, but also your circle. Um, and it, it, it really opens the door two-way communication because like you said, if you have expectations of people, of things, and they don't meet your expectation, then what? How do you then have what? the conversations? How do you um, heal the, the wounds that may occur? and be able to be stronger moving forward. But those are the best relationships that I have is that, you know, when those transitions happened, when that friction happened, being able to work through it and then look back and say, look at how far we've come. Mm. You know, in conflict, we do grow stronger when we handle it with grace and understanding and love. And then that relationship goes to a depth that, is healthy. And as you move, it, it takes us to a different place mm -hmm. in the relationship. And if we don't have conflict, we, we don't grow. So I, I love that story. And I think that's going to help a, a lot of the listeners that are coming to the podcast because we do struggle in relationships, but it's still so possible if you could sit down with an open heart and an open mind to understand where the other person's coming from, their perspective, how this is affecting them. It gives us a greater revelation of, oh, this is what's happening. This is my contribution. Yeah, absolutely. What can we do? You know, I found this quote on expectations and it says, expectation is like fine pottery. The harder you hold them, the more likely they were to crack. And I think that's what we do in life with expectations that we put on others or that we put on ourselves. If we hold them too tightly, if we don't allow for experience and growth to just come apart in life, be a part of life, rather than measure up to expectations, those expectations will crack the, and then relationships will crack and it become a difficult process. So... I'm really glad that you shared that. And I think I have to learn too about my own expectations that I put on myself so I don't disappoint myself when I don't meet that goal 
or get certain things done or how I may put expectation on my family members. And uh, it kind of handles a lot of that stress. It, it could kind of bring some peace to it. So Aisha, I am thrilled that you're working with youth. Can you tell us real quick about your camp, Jill Scott? Absolutely. So I, what I have had the benefit of doing is taking the best of the things that I love and continuing to do them. And so the Blues Vape Foundation is based in North Philadelphia, provides opportunities for young people that are doing their absolute best academically and need some additional support. And so we provide a free camp every summer for elementary and middle school students to be able to prepare them to go back to school. So it's always right before they return to school and it's tons of fun, but it's also exposing them to new things that they may not have tried before, like zip lining or uh, going out into nature because we go to different locations that are outside of the city. Um, and then also introducing them to new people that have various careers in different spaces, uh, providing them with tools like conflict re resolution skills, um, all culturally based so that they also get information about their history, people that are from Philadelphia that have done amazing things before them and to pave the way. And so I love camp. It is one of my favorite times of the year. So people know that I block off that time in my calendar to make sure that I can be present and not just share things with the young people, but also receive from them because the joy and the watching their aha moments are uh, fuel and they energize me. And so that camp is something that has been going on for 14 years. And it's just amazing to me how time moves because it doesn't seem like it's been that long. But we have graduates of our camp that then become counselors and that are a part Aww. of our staff. And so it's this beautiful circle and kind of a, a family environment there as well. So being able to watch them start out as young people in elementary school and now be college graduates and coming back to volunteer and to some work with the, the younger people has been a beautiful thing. Oh, that is so beautiful. Well, you know it's impactful if they're coming back and they want to give the next group of kids that are coming in the very thing that they received. And I'm so proud of you for making that decision years ago to step into this arena, to step into the space of youth, to enlighten them, to love on them and give them that safe space where they can just come forth and be like that butterfly mm -hmm. and just begin to find their flight and go off and create beauty in the world with the talents and gifts that are in them, but they need someone like you to come and dust that off or give them hope to believe in themselves. Uh, I just celebrate that, Aisha. I just celebrate that. Now, is and that only is. in the Philadelphia area? It is, but you know what? So we've had the opportunity to really take a step back and figure out some of the things that make it an incredible experience and what makes it life altering. And you said the word that's at the center of it, which is love, is mm. coming in every staff member, every volunteer, every vendor that we work with that's providing different um, 
items because we give all of the students school supplies and different things that they can have to be prepared and everyone enters with love. And so um, we've been taking the information and turning it into a playbook. And so the goal is to be able to have just kind of the, the details about what we've created and how impactful it's been to share with people that may want to replicate it in other locations. Oh, I love that. And I think when people hear about this, you know, they would welcome that whole idea because that's what the world needs now. This generation coming up needs to know that someone believes in them and sees their full potential and really want to be the one that reaches out and takes them across that bridge so they can be who they're created to be. I love that. I celebrate that. And so if anybody wants to find out more about um, the camp, Camp Jill Scott, how do they connect with you? Sure. So you can connect with me at AIBmarketingandconsulting.com. And the camp is actually the Blues Babe Foundation camp. And you know what? So thank you, Debbie, because I'm always learning and figuring out things that I need to do. So we're going to make sure to connect the Blues Babe website to AIB so that it's easy to get to and so that you can see all of the beautiful things that we have created with the Blues Babe Foundation. Um, And then social media, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AIB Marketing. Wonderful. And I will have all of that in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Aisha, I highly recommend. She has a beautiful soul, beautiful heart, and she really is all about bringing beauty into the world. And so Aisha, I always like to end my podcast with asking my guests a question. And so considering that you were in the music industry for many years and still are with youth, if you could either come up with a song title or maybe I know when albums used to be in, right? Like (laughs) a cover album, like the name on the album, like three different ones of what you would say to encourage people to step out in transition or to believe in what they're called to do. Like if you could think of three phrases or titles of songs, or that you would say, this is how I'm encouraging you in this moment, what would that be? Mm-hmm. So are you talking about existing songs or I get to make up something completely new? You can make up something completely new. Or if you got a title in your head of an existing song, you could do that too. Yes. Cause so- I know I never like, prepare anybody with these questions. So I know I always catch (laughs) everybody off guard, but I love it because it's just organic and it comes from the creative space inside of you. Yes. So I'm going to do both because I feel like I've always got a soundtrack playing in my head of (laughs) these beautiful, encouraging, and, you know, sometimes uh, interesting songs. And so one that comes to mind when you said that is just, there's a song called Encourage Yourself. And a lot of times during transition and when you are stepping away from a comfortable area, you're by yourself. So you can have family, you can have friends, but in those moments when you wake up in the middle of the night or so that song, Encourage Yourself, is is really important to be able to kind of dig from within to get that strength that you need. 
Um, another though would be, so I, I have it on my wall. I know it's a, a Nike slogan, but just do it. <laughs> because we overthink so- things sometimes or we we're waiting for the, I need to have this amount of money or I need to have this thing fall into the place. Just do it. <laughs> so I love that, it. That would be one of my songs. <laughs> and then the last uh, third title would be um, everything is going to be all right. Mm, I love that. Oh, you did great. (laughs) When you know that, though, that everything is going to be all right, it kind of gives you that strength to step out there. I love your choices. You actually told the story. Encourage yourself. Just do it. And everything is going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get my Spotify out now. (laughs) (laughs) Great job, Aisha. Oh, I loved having you on today. I've learned so much from you. I've been inspired by you. And I will continually learn from from you how to deal with people in life and and how to be about inspiring others, removing my own expectations, and, and go for the dream in your heart because your dream is connected to the world. The dreams are not meant for just us. The dreams are placed there to impact others in the world. So I hope for everyone who's listening today, get out of the safety net, follow that dream, and trust in your own expectations for yourself for what you are called to do in this life, because we need you. And I want to thank all of you for being with us today on the Transition Bridge podcast, where we always come together to embrace grow and be transformed by the purpose and power of transition. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A dot com.